welcome back to our final episode in this inaugural series of our podcast, Joining the Dots. And um, we, um, well, Emma had the chance to speak with Rachel. Now, Rachel's part of the CYF Roundtable, so we know her really well. And um, she's been involved in education a long time, so we definitely wanted to get kind of her perspective um, on this, uh, on schooling and all that kind of thing. So, Emma, how did you find it? Was it, was it a good chat? Oh, it's always lovely chatting with Rachel. And, uh, you know, I think what was so different about this, this conversation was here we were talking with um, someone who is educating the educators. Uh, and that was a very different take from some of the other podcasts that we've done in this series. And just Rachel's passion for what she does um, for the way in which, you know, she starts to, to see, or she helps teachers to, to see the holistic nature of, of children. Um, and I suppose, you know, all, all teachers see the holistic view of children, but it's just honing in, I suppose, on certain elements of those and, and how identity all comes into, um, not just who the children are in themselves, but who they are in God. Mm. Uh, and that was really, yeah, really exciting to hear. And, um, just fascinating the opportunities that Rachel has but I won't tell you anymore otherwise I'm going to spoil and you won't listen to the podcast so um I'll leave it there and you can listen to your heart's content okay so let's listen in and see what she has to say hi Rachel thanks ever so much for joining us for this podcast um we're just going to launch straight into this conversation and um, I wonder if you can tell our listeners just a bit about who you are and what you do. Okay, hi Emma, good to, good to see you today. Um, so my name is Rachel Swaby, I have been working in, in education, primary education mainly, for around 20 years. So my background is primary school teaching and more recently I work as an education consultant where I specialise in training and developing teachers in the subjects of PSHE and RE. I also attend a church in Streatham where I lead the children's and youth ministry there and also um, work as a church secretary. Fantastic, thanks Rachel. Um, that is a really unique position that you have within the school setting and as an educator. Um, can you tell us a bit more about what involvement you have with those subjects and, and how you relate that with the teaching staff that you have contact with? Okay, so the main subjects I teach, like I mentioned earlier, or I specialise in are um, RE, religious education, and PSHE, which is personal social and health and emotional education so that's quite a, that's quite important particularly in this these times so um, I mainly um, work before the lockdown was going into schools and meeting teachers and delivering staff insets but during the lockdown I've been able to and continue my my work working um, remotely over zoom so really um, what I do is I go I work with schools and help them to develop their um, PSHE curriculum so I, tr I train teachers on how to use it um, there's such a vast range of topics um, involved in that topic in that subject 
And for me, I think it's one of the most important topics that are covered in schools, because if the child isn't um, able to be in touch with themselves and doesn't feel at their best, it's really difficult for them to access the education curriculum. So I work with teachers in helping um, pupils to do that, to develop themselves and be the best that they can be. So, Rachel, how does it work then? Because obviously you're from... You're, you're sort of got your church hat on, you've got your educator's hat on. And with Joining the Dots and the podcast that we're doing, we're, we're looking at how as, as CYF workers, we can join these dots between church, home and school. How do you see some of the overlap happening between what you do as educator and what you do as church? Uh, that's quite a, an interesting question. I suppose it's it the the overlap may be indirect. I might not directly see how the links are are formed or forged, but because of the topics that we we teach, so the topics that we we're developing with the school touch on mental health, assert, um, assertiveness, safeguarding, internet safety, personal development. Um, it's really all about developing the whole child. So I, I suppose what I would say is you see the changes in the child once they become confident and once they feel they're able to either ask for help or able to speak out if something is bothering them, they have the skills to be able to do that. So I was speaking to a teacher just yesterday and she was she was um, remarking on, on how when she taught her, you know, she taught her class, the children were going home and saying to the parents, you know, this is what I learned, this is what I did today. And um, what the parents shared was that was the only topic that the child ever went home and, and discussed or talked about. So it enabled the parent and child to um, forge a stronger bond and really be able to communicate better with each other. And if there are any things that need to be, you know, um, discussed in, in further or anything that are slightly worrying, the child feels more confident and, and is able to navigate around the right people in order to, to speak out. I mean, a lot of this, isn't it? It's about building those relationships. A lot of our podcasts have, have sort of really looked at the, the significance of, of building relationships with teachers, with parents, with children, and about identity. And I think, is that something that you find is sort of paramount in the work that you do? Identity is very important. I, I, in, my, in my days of teaching, I enjoyed teaching the subjects of English, maths and science. But what I found was one of my, um, not barriers, but was something that kind of, not peeved me, but you know, something that I felt a bit unhappy about was there was so much, so much emphasis on those core subjects and there wasn't enough emphasis on the child. There's so much more to a child than their academia. They have skills you know, and talents. And what I really emphasise to teachers is while we're educators at school, we have the opportunity to find out and really develop the whole child. They might have a, a, a you know, be an art, they be a budding artist or, you know, a pianist or a gymnast. And it's really important that those skills and talents are given equal weighting as well as the academia, because when a child leaves schools and goes on to develop their own life and career, nobody knows what, what which path they're going to take. But I think it's at really important at an early age those skills and talents are promoted and celebrated and that's a lot to do with the topic I teach and how I encourage te teachers to um, um, develop that at school through the, by their pupils. 
So you've already touched on some of the benefits of, of what you do and how that filters through into the home. You know, to, to get that remark from the teacher must have really warm, warmed your heart. It certainly has warmed my heart. But what would you say there were other benefits of, of being able to do the, jo- the unique job that you do, educating the teachers? Yes, definitely. So, so as well as working with teachers, I also work with parents and, and um, develop a lot of parent work, deliver many parents' work workshops along the same subject. Um, I, what I didn't mention earlier as well, which really ties in quite nicely to this job, I'm also the regional safeguarding lead for London Baptist. And with my work, my PSE role, PSHE role in schools, a lot of the work I do is, is around safeguarding, teaching children to be safe, um, helping parents to understand what safeguarding looks like inside and outside the home, also um, raising awareness of safeguarding in schools um, so that as children grow and develop, they are they learn the tools and skills to keep themselves scared or safe without scaremongering them or without, you know, you know, trying to frighten them. They just understand what feels, what's right, what's correct and what to do if something they feel uneasy about something. And hopefully that will permeate as we as the children get older and they uh, go out into the world and find themselves in different different situations and scenarios they will learn more how to deal with and cope with situations that should come their way um, particularly with some of the um, safeguarding issues that have arisen during lockdown and more widely there was a report most recently that came out like last week the ICSA report regarding safeguarding in the church and I really feel the two really go hand in hand moving on to my other role in in um, part, as the region part of the regional t- uh, the regional safeguarding league in London. Unfortunately, one of the issues I do deal with a lot is safeguarding issues within early teens, you know, early teens and late teens. There's lots of issues. So I really feel the work that I'm doing in school, will, uh, you know, if we start on a, at an early age now, that will really have an impact as children get older. And hopefully that will reduce the number of incidents that we deal with because they're getting the correct training and teaching at a really, really early age. I deal with church schools, I deal with state schools, I deal with um, non-religious schools, I deal with Muslim schools, so I deal with a range of different communities and it's really about getting that message across to children's parents and teachers um, aimed at their their level so uh, at, at, in a way that they can access it that it's this information is important just as well as general knowledge just as part of general knowledge but in keeping themselves safe because they're part of a wider world they will not always be living in the closed world in the safety and comfort of their home. And it's about giving them those life skills and, and preparing them for life. It's so important, isn't it? I mean, it builds confidence. It builds that sense of, I know who I am. I know what I'm about. I know what's safe. I know what's not. Um, and it's so important. What would you say? Because we've got a lot of, you know, CYF workers who have access into schools. They won't be in the position you're in but they are in a significant position because they have access into the school, they have access to the children and the families and the teachers. How would you encourage them um, to bring these matters to the fore? I think really going into schools as a, as a worker, especially as an outsider, it's really important that you are aware of the policies and procedures of that school and you're also aware of how you fit into that into that realm. Um, I think what's great about youth workers going into school, and I work quite closely with 
youth workers in my local area who one of the one of their targets for this term is to get into a few more schools so you know and I, and I used to go into school with my church hat on as a, as a um, spinning worker delivering collective worship so it's really important and it's really lovely to go into school to build those relationships with children so they see you as a trusted in, in, in individual and in, 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 in a person uh, who of, of, of safety but at the same time it's important to be aware of the boundaries going into school and if a, if so if a child shares something that you know that is concern or raises awareness it's important that you're able to pass it on to the correct individual and you know who that who that individual is um, but at the same time sometimes going in as an outsider children have a different relationship with you compared to the you know the relationships that they have at the school and it's nice that they feel that you're somebody they can talk to they can have those conversations in, with and very often children really look forward to people coming in from outside you just feel the warmth and joy that you know there's somebody there that is interested in them, that cares about them and wants to get to know them better. Yeah, I don't think there's anything better, is there, than that genuine sense of here is someone that I can talk to, I can trust, I can share. Uh, I think there's it's, it's such a huge privilege, absolutely. So just out of, out of curiosity, really, how do you get your links with the schools? Because we have some who will say, well, it's really difficult getting into schools. Um, now, obviously you come as an educator, so you sort of, do you have to, do you get given the schools you go into? How does that work? Yeah, so I work for, I work well, on a self-employed basis, but I work closely with a well-known education provider um, called Jigsaw Education or um, the Discovery RE. So I work through them and to, together, you know, that would be to supply the school. They're a massive company and I deal mainly with the London area. Although during lockdown, I've been to Bristol, Scotland, Edinburgh, Hartlepool, all over the country, as you can imagine, because we have Zoom. So it's been quite interesting getting to know the different di dynamics, you know, in schools across the country. But usually there's a, yeah, I, yeah, I work closely with, with a, a well-known education provider, probably one of the leading providers for PSHE in in um, in the UK and internationally as well. Um, and as a teacher, I have used uh, you know the, the, the materials, and, and I, I I know they work. I've used them with my children. I've used them with my class, and that's why I'm such, that's why I, it, it, I love what I do. It's not work to me because I know it's making a difference. And later on down the line, those children will be confident individuals, will be really sure. Of themselves and have the skills to move on and, and flourish in the wider world which is a lot of why I do what I do. Fantastic so Rachel if you were to sort of have um, one thing that you wanted to say to our children's youth and family workers to encourage them to engage more with you know the topic of PHSE for example what would you what would you say to our CYF workers in terms of encouraging them to get sort of maybe more equipped so that they could be helpful in a school? Um, so I, I suppose that's quite an interesting question. I would say you need to start with where the children are at. Always start with where the children are at. And I think one of the things that I, I realised, particularly working with disadvantaged communities or children more disadvantaged communities, they often don't have any goals or aspirations. 
to really find you now actually you know what are you good at what do you enjoy what what you know and just and just kind of igniting that hoping them initially finding helping them to find something to work towards and helping them to realize actually help exploring those skills that you need resilience persistence consistency in order to achieve in life sometimes just those simple tools are the biggest barrier to children to children succeeding so I think even when you meet a child and work on those that, that sort of personal development area, just finding that about them and working with them to achieve just small goals initially, but just helping to improve their mindset, really, and helping them to realise, actually, I, I can achieve, I can do, you know, uh, you know I, I, will, I will move forward and, and just, just giving them the encouragement and support that they, that they can do that. I think that's probably one of the biggest areas that you find um, children often lacking or uh, alternatively as well the other the, i was speaking again to a uh, teacher in an independent school on monday for quite a while and some of the issues they have with their children is just wanting to fit in you know wanting to be like other people you know this child has this i need to have it or just wanting to keep up so again it's about that identity being yourself being being you know really settled in your own skin and being okay with that been realizing you know this is me god made me like this god you know i'm uniquely formed and that's great and i need to be proud of that instead of really thinking oh i need to keep up with jack or i need to keep up with sarah you know i'm rachel and i'm me and that's great because god made me just the way i am so i think those are those messages are really important i think yeah do you find that when you're educating the teachers that actually some of their mindset shifts as well most definitely most definitely because because um it's funny because initially when I, I was saying to a teacher a teacher yesterday when I initially this subject was introduced to me in my school and I taught in a really difficult school in East London it was really it was really difficult um and this this whole topic was introduced to me I was a bit of a naysayer I was a bit of a doubting Thomas I was like no I don't really think this is going to work with my children they're just going to laugh at it they're going to you know I just was not really a believer I said to myself, what's the worst that could happen? Let me just give it a go. Let me just, you know, see what can happen. Let's just see if there could be a difference. And actually, I was amazed by being consistent, persistent. A lot of the skills that I was teaching and developing, the children hadn't heard this anywhere else. There's nobody else who was showing this, them this type of interest and was interested in them as an individual instead of trying to get them to move to the next level in math. This was about them, actually, who they are, where they are, and, and what they're great at. Yeah, I definitely find the mindset changes. Normally, the approach to the subject, you know, usually, you know, it's one of these things, like an extra thing to take on to the, in the curriculum. But actually, when they see how actually, if you implement this and teach it well, it will have a positive and a positive impact on all other areas of the curriculum. And also, I always share that this is not a subject just to be taught on a Tuesday afternoon for an hour. Whatever you teach in PSHE can be reinforced in science, maths, PE, and the children in the playground because of the skills that they should be using all the time, not just in one lesson. And also, I find sometimes you can, you can um, gauge teachers in another way. Often when I go to schools, teachers are feeling quite, you know, tired, upon, um, you, know, you know, long day. And sometimes it just it just sparks them to think, actually, well, what about me? What, what do I like? What am I good at? What, what's my next step? What can I do next? You know, I'm not just, you know, this is what I'm doing for now and I do enjoy it, but it's not my forever job. For some teachers, it's not. And it just gets them thinking, 
you know, lots of teachers email me after or text me or call me just, you know, just to have a bit of a chat or find out a little bit more about what I do or how I, I kind of my, my career progressed in the way that it did. It's probably also why I'm so happy. <laughs> I am very, very happy with what I do and I do enjoy my job. I do enjoy everything that I do. So, Rachel, you've mentioned that you are, um, that you're based mainly in London, that the, the education you do is mainly in London, but through lockdown and pandemic, you've been all over the place via, via Zoom. But working predominantly in London must give a unique experience to all of this. And, um, you know, certainly I'm over in South Wales and we, you know, don't get me wrong, we are a diverse group but the cultural diversity within London is just massive. Do you find that that impacts the work you do? Most definitely. It, it, it impacts the work I do in many, many different ways. Like I, like I shared earlier, we look, we, we, I, we, I teach, I teach and train in a range of schools from independent private schools to state schools um, that, you know, that live in extremely deprived areas. One of the questions I had yesterday from a, a, new, a new staff member in our team I was down in, in Surrey yesterday training our new sales team, which is quite nice. Um, and she received a call from a school and they were inquiring about lessons relating to um, gun violence and um, self-harm or, or something along those lines. And she said to me, it can't be a primary school. It has to be a secondary school. I said, actually, no, it is a, it, it, it more than likely is a primary school. And when she kind of shared the area and you know, gave a little bit more back background. What I shared with her is that often in some of these communities, and not all communities, but I, this is one, one thing I've experienced. In my final year of teaching, I taught in a year four class, lovely children, sort of about eight, nine. But they, the, in that class, I had a lot of siblings, a lot of second children. So they all had like an elder brother or sister in, in um, secondary school or, or older. And one of the mass, major problems I had in that class were they were all coming home with the problems of their elder siblings because they were sharing bedrooms. Um, there were children who had, who had witnessed stabbings. There were children that had, you know, the police were knocking on the door, you know, arresting their siblings. So all of that has an impact on, 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 the, on, the, on the children and the family. And the children are coming to school the next day and they're just expected to get on with it. And they can't. It's really, really important that we address those issues and help and support children and getting over those hurdles or assisting them or journeying with them in order to help them access the curriculum. And that's a lot of, of what I do. Also what we do, we look at, um, which is really important, particularly in this world where there's increased racism, sexism, you know, homophobia. We really look, um, we really focus in on diversity and celebrating difference. Looking at people from different cultures, backgrounds, you know, um, um, social status, classes, you know, you know, sexual orientation, just look, looking at different people, families, obviously all age appropriate, and just, you know, realising that actually, although we may not agree with everybody's opinions or agree with, you know, another lifestyle, you know, everybody has a right to be respected and everybody's loved by God. You know, everybody has a right to be loved and, you know, it's not for, for us to help people decide which path they choose and also everybody deserves to be respected no matter what their choice is and who they are and that's one of the kind of real points we try and emphasize with children and particularly with parents as well so when I do that when I do, do um, deliver my parents sessions 
and that's really quite a, a topic of discussion and just helping um, some parents just broaden their horizons and see actually I still have the right to teach what I teach you know my beliefs to my children at home that's your right and we, we always support that but also the children will live in the UK which is a has a diverse culture and it's really important that we understand how others live and we don't just live in our own bubble um, because otherwise when we go out into the wider world it's going to be difficult for children to explore flourish and, and do well if they don't understand others and that also comes with the good teaching of RE as well great RE also helps children to understand the wider world yeah do you do you find that actually the children are able to relate to each other better once they understand cultural differences and uh different ways of maybe worshiping and different ways of experiencing life i, I definitely feel that i definitely think so and um a lot of of children particularly from both communities like myself I, my parents were ministers like you know i grew, grew up in quite a strict pentecostal home um, we're not taught about, other, you know, growing up, I wasn't really taught about other cultures, you know, um, at school, I went to quite a multicultural school, so I learned a bit about Diwali and, and, um, and Eid, but I didn't, you know, so I, had, I, I, did, I didn't have really a full understanding. But as I've grown up and I've studied, you know, different religions and, and spoken in depth with different people, different backgrounds, it's great to understand, actually, we have so much in common. You know, we have so much in common. Though we do things in a different way, we have so much in common. And one of the things I really, really remember, I spent most of my teaching years in a Catholic school. Though I, I'm not Catholic myself, I taught in a Catholic school. And one, one year I decided to share, um, me um, attend the Baptist church, share, uh, I filmed my communion at my church and decided to share it as part of our lesson. And they could not believe that they didn't, there wasn't a chalice, they couldn't believe that we all had our individual cup, they couldn't believe we stayed in our seats. So even though within our own village, there's so many differences as well. So it's really important to learn and explore and celebrate those differences. So yeah, it's a, it's a big part of what we do. And of course, Rachel, as, as our listeners are with us, you know, it is Black History Month. Um, do you think that, you know, highlighting the importance of PHSE within our schools helps with the racial tensions that still exist, even though we might like to say they don't, uh, the racial tensions that do exist, does, do you think the PHSE really shapes, and, and RE for that matter, shapes the, the trajectory of how we are together? Definitely, I definitely believe so. And what I have also witnessed, I mean, a lot of children get their beliefs and values from home and their beliefs and values from home are passed down through generations. This was actually a discussion I had with a teacher yesterday, really interesting discussion actually, because um, she was quite fixed in her ways. And we had some younger um, teachers who, you know, who, who were like 10 or 15 years younger and their, their, their beliefs and value systems was, was, was so you know, wide apart. And she was going, you know, this world is going to the dogs, you know, it wasn't like this back in the day. But it's really, it's really important that we do spend so much time learning about each other, spend that time in discussion, spend that time sharing experiences and, and visiting different you know, places of worship, understanding how other people uh, work and, and, and behave. And just in relation to Black History Month, I suppose it's really important historically to understand where we are now and how we got here 
and sometimes why some cultures or some some people behave or act in, in the way they are sometimes um, people don't often understand the impact of history and how it has uh, you know it might have been 100 years ago but still that still impacts you know communities today so yeah i think it's it's a, um, october is you know this october is always a good time to raise awareness and i think it's becoming there are much more and more resources out there to explore and to share for adults and children alike so yeah it's it's a great time to just ensure that at least you're educating yourself and others on the topic oh that's absolutely brilliant rachel thank you ever so much for sharing with us today i really hope it's given some food for thought for our listeners um and i just really wish you well in all that you do and in the way that you educate the educators. Um, and you know, if, if at the end of the day, we end up with confident children who, who know who they are, the fact that they are loved by God and created by God and all of that, oh, wouldn't it be wonderful? Absolutely. Thanks, Thanks again, Rachel. Take care. Thanks, Emma. That was great thanks both to emma and rachel i really uh yeah obviously enjoyed listening to all that you had to say just really want to pick up that stuff that you mentioned around diversity and um, i mean schools are obviously really engaging with that and um and, and we need to be as churches and as, as youth groups and children's ministry um and i know that we've been kind of really really wrestling as a cyf round table um around the diversity and thinking through like Black Lives Matter, racial justice um, and things like that. So Emma, is, did it tie in with some of the thinking that we've been doing? I think it did. Um, you know, I do have to say that I felt a little bit clunky because I tried to, I sort of implied at one point that there wasn't diversity in Wales and there so is. There's absolutely loads of diversity all over Wales. But um, I think in terms of, um, you know, trying to make sure that we all see each other as uniquely and beautifully and wonderfully created by God, the creator. And, and so this resource that we've produced, you know, it celebrates diversity in its broadest spectrum. And I really can't encourage you enough to get hold of this resource that the CYF Roundtable have produced, um, because it really gets us to engage in our unconscious bias, in our sort of thinking and in our way of interacting with people. And, um, and I would say that to some extent, it may take us out of our comfort zones at times, but actually that's a good thing. And so if you, if you get opportunity to get hold of a copy or if you need us to send you a copy, there's loads of ways that you can get in touch with us, please do, because uh, we've thoroughly enjoyed putting it together. I'm not sure enjoyed is quite the right word, but. We have, we've enjoyed putting it together and uh, we pray that it's a blessing for you in all of your contacts. Yes, yeah, so the CYF Roundtable, we really want to be resourcing our, our CYF workers and those that work in children and young people, our churches. So we'll put the link for that resource, um, like it's on the website, it'll be at the bottom of the, the link um, to this episode of this podcast. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. And, and oh, the other thing I was going to pick up on, obviously she talked about the well-being then of staff and um 
Yeah, and how important that is. We've been really focusing quite a lot, haven't we, around the well-being of children and young people and um, the emotional support and, and the mental health support that we want to be able to providing for them. So I love it that she kind of was thinking about that in light of actually the, the teaching um, staff as well. So that's great. Absolutely. I mean, I wonder what stands out for, for all of our listeners as well. Uh, I wonder what their next steps will be. And I wonder who else might join that conversation. Until next time, keep joining those dots. Thank you.